Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, the first technique I learned was a punch. As we get going into episode one, I just wanted to do a quick thank you to everybody who's listening to this first podcast and supporting Believe in the Punch as we move forward. I got some great guests and great people that I'm talking to, and I really want to share all these experiences and expertise with you guys. So make sure to tune in every other Wednesday to have another Matt chat with me. Enjoy episode one, and remember to join the Believe Network, which is the best podcasting network for athletes and professionals everywhere. Welcome to episode one of Believe in the Punch with me, your host, none other than Karate Camp. Today, of course, we got not only one of my coaches, but a mentor and a very close friend in, I call him Coach Akira, but Akira Fukuda. What's going on, Coach? How are you doing, buddy? How's everything? (laughs) It's great. It's great. We live, we're in a hectic time, man. This is, welcome to episode one, though. Oh, this is an honor. This is so cool. Let me tell you something, man. You're reaching out like this, creating a platform from our community. This is freaking epic. This is the only word described as epic. I mean, I feel like, you know, not, not many people really know about our sport. And that's why, you know, the theme for this first episode is like, what makes up a karate athlete, you know, because... Man, growing up in this, it's like a different sport. Not many people know about this sport, you know? Like, not many people really know about what's going on. Well, I think that's a problem right there is looking at this as a sport. We're not really a sport. We're like a, we're a lifestyle. Yeah, you know what real I mean? So this is the whole, this is the whole, yeah, this yeah. Is the whole problem right now. We're like trying mm. to push ourselves as a sport, right? So we want to get, we want to get the fast track to a sport. But in return, we've been a lifestyle for all these years from the start of karate you think about it right and why don't we just yeah, spread yeah. the word as a lifestyle and then this way here one aspect of our karate lifestyle or our budo lifestyle is the sport right i, I think the fact that it's you know it, it's made it into the 2020 games now 2021 but like we're trying to push it as a sport to maintain that olympic status and things like that and um I, I, I think I think you mentioned the fact that there's a part of the lifestyle, Budo lifestyle, that, that, that in itself encompasses so many things outside of just sport, you know? I'm going to tell, tell you something right now. If you look at the game golf, right? It's a game, isn't it? It's a game, right? And the game's going to start and it's going to finish. Right. And the same as sport, man. And when they turn into a sport and so forth, right? The game starts and finishes, man. But a lifestyle... I tell you what, if you're a, if you're a Budo cop, if you're a karateka, right, you always have this ideology of, um, of chivalry or bushido, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the honor, the respect, the, um, the perseverance, all these things, it runs through your blood and also the community too. You know, um, when Dr. Jiro Kano uh, from Judo, when he brought over karate, right, to Japan, and when they started implementing that into the school systems, their goal was not so much to promote the actual art, right? It was to promote a lifestyle for the mm. actual, you know, for, for the people, for the generations and generations to come. And it was a, a good tool to promote education and community and support. So I really look at, I really look at our sport as a lifestyle. 
And fortunately, at this time and stage of our lives, you know, we are focusing on the sport, but we can't, right, we can't right. forget our lifestyle as well. I think, man, you, you just brought up so many, like, factoring details, not just important details, but factoring details. I think that that's what separates us from other combat I, I, you could say sports or lifestyle. I don't even know if other, other combat sports are considered or have the depth that karate does just, just based off of how long it's been around. You look at something like the UFC, which has like this cult following now. I don't think while, while I love to watch it and I respect the athletes on their own, I don't think a lot of the roots that you just mentioned run within, you know, MMA and the UFC in its own. Well, if you look at MMA and so forth, we can just say that if we predate it, to martial arts to its original form, um, it is martial arts. And all what MMA is basically, and specifically the different brands and different companies and organizations like the UFC, Bellator, you know, champion uh, one, for example, what we can say, this is a, this is their attempt and their product and their marketing for an attempt to make martial arts a widespread mainstream sport now the the thing is but we have to look at the roots of all these uh, all these people too i think in my opinion that these mixed martial artists have a sense of budo and they have a sense of budo stemming from us for example the reason why i say that is this here um many of these many of these uh, athletes you know when they start getting into combat sports whether it's wrestling, boxing, um, you know, jujitsu, you know, judo, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Muay Thai, you know, they have to have this one thing that we all have in common is dedication. Right. You know what I mean? And that's part of our sport as well. The thing that really differentiates us and them is, is our gi and our rule sets. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I right, mean? Right. 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 But yeah. And their interpretation. Right. Um, but I, I really think that these, um, these athletes or these martial artists, you know, when we go back to the root of this, and it really is depending on the organization, what they emphasize as much, you know, um, and you can really see they have, they have a, a, a expression of Budo, I can say, mm-hmm. but the expression of Budo just is expressed and also delivered in their own individualistic way sure. like we are too right no and i, I and going yeah. to you know looking at the most extreme most widely known version of martial arts in any any league of mixed martial arts i am not taken away from the dedication you know or any any aspect of budo that is within those athletes i just think for the untrained eye i just think of myself back in high school when you know someone would approach me like man karate what that's not that's a that's a weird sport you're doing some lame stuff you they, they don't expect the the level of i would say expertise and craftsmanship within my abilities in my you know in my budo or in my sport to come out but then when they see someone on like a different stage of mma and things like that all of a sudden their mindset totally changes to something else well i mean i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take it one step further number one karate's badass it's badass why i say this is if you look if you look at mma right right you look at mma the start of mma everyone's going to boxing everyone's going to tie boxing yeah everyone's yeah. going to muay thai kickboxing 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then now, as you can see, Muay Thai has implemented the karate distance and the karate punches, as well as the boxing as well. Why? Because they have, they finally understood that it's not one discipline that's going to win it. It's their interpretation. Their interpretation is, number one, in the other striking arts, they use a, a, a glove, mm. a 10-ounce or 12-ounce glove. Right. We use our hands. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so, OG. And then, and, <laughs> yeah, and so when you're striking and so forth, you know, we, we, we had a straight punch, you know, we had a gyakuziki, we had a jab, a kizamiziki, right? That thing's accurate as hell. In other words, all our training in karate is how to be super accurate, right? That's why I say karate's badass. Hey, look at this. Lona Machida knocks a UFC Hall of Famer. Right. This guy's badass. Randy Couture with the freaking karate kid. <laughs> freaking, you know, Toby Mikey. Who does that? Right, right, right. No one's going to do that ever, right? And so these kind of things, bro, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, karate, if you look at it in a, in a holistic point of view, it encompasses everything, man. Right. And I think, I think you just mentioning the fact of a holistic point of view, that means from the base up, you know, like that's multi, that's multi-level. Look at, you just look at, you look at George St. Pierre, man, Frank Mir, you freaking, um, you know, Evandale Silva, all these guys all have karate black belts. Even, even our buddy here, um, you know, Victor Belfort, Shotokan black belt. I mean, these guys are legit. They walk in and they say, us. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, um, expanding on this, right? I think our karate community has to protect the word us. The reason being is because of this. If you look at the jiu-jitsu community, instead of, instead of um, you know, just, just ramping up and, and, and going with the trend and so forth, they did a historical, historical trend. They went backwards and they looked at the history mm. of combat sports in general they started to understand the word us and the significance of us. They even made it as far as making it a, a label, like us clothing, us skis. I was so pissed that's... when I saw that with Andrew because <laughs> I'm like, that's our world. That's our world and it's our word. Right, right. Right, and we were so against it as, as a community. So I'm thinking, wait a minute. If you look at the evolution of things, right? Right. Think of it, just think of it, the evolution of this Budo and this, this martial artist and so forth, right? We know, number one, tradition is really important. But if you have no one training, there's no tradition. Right, right. Okay, that's number one. Number two, you know, we, in order to do this in, day, in this day and age, the podcast that you are doing right now, right, is one step forward for our community for our karate community to be mainstream mm. and having you as an accomplished athlete, as, as a junior, junior, um, a USA karate junior world level athlete, right. As well as a senior world level athlete, you were the junior team captain as well. You know, also at university worlds, you were the team captain as well, you know, and having you take initiative to do this, means a lot because you're the voice 
of all of us now within that community. Well, I okay for anybody listening, I did not pay coach to say that. So that came that came from the heart, right there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is, this is no, this this is right, this but is I. You know, and, and, and the fact that those experiences are there on their own, you know, first of all, I mean, that this, that's why I love this guy right there. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been a support system since literally day one, but that's why I, I, I think it, that was my motivation to starting this in the first place is that I think this Budo, this art, this sport, this everything is, is something that people just don't know about and can't appreciate it because they just don't know about it and how honest, honest to God, badass we are as karate practitioners and how relatable, how many other athletes do you know that came within your system? And I have this very similar experience. How many athletes, kids did you train that went on and eventually might not have been the best karate athlete, but they went on to a different sport and then totally killed it in that other sport. I'm going to tell you something right now. Okay. It's not so much how many athletes that I've trained, right? It's how many athletes or how many students or how many, how many, um, you know, karateka that actually cross our paths. And because yeah. of that, they became a better person and a better member of society. Agreed. I mean, we're talking I, about yeah. doctors, lawyers, you know what I mean? And, I, and, 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 you know, ex, and professors and, and man, this one kid here, he just won jujitsu worlds. And I'm like, what? It's the next level, man. These guys what are the next level. That's what serious? it is. Yeah. Yeah. A, a buddy of mine, right. He just, he just goes and he has his own, he has his own dojo and so forth. He's a fireman, but he's, a, he's not only a fireman, he's a fire chief, right? And then he has his own dojo in Hawaii right now. And um, he's, he's teaching jiu-jitsu, but with a karate mindset, you know what I mean? Which is, which is insane. You think about it, right? I mean, there's one guy, for example, one of, one of, our, one of our students, he calls me up because, hey, you know, thank you so much for this, this, and that. And then, and then I'm, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this guy's only an orange belt. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, Whoa. <laughs> but check this out. He started with his daughter. He came back to start with his daughter. Right. Mm. And then, and then they get their black belts together. How is that? No, that's, that's a different you know level of I mean? connection at that point. Yeah. yeah. So karate is pretty badass. Let me tell you that much right now. Yeah, <laughs> to say yeah. the very so. Wait, what, what? What? You? What got you started? What? How did you even get into the dojo in the first place? Uh, I was born in it. Yeah, my my. Uh, to be honest with you, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm from Hawaii, but my dad is from Japan, and um, you know, he was um, a karateka actually. Um, he trained under um, Konishi Sensei. He was his personal student. And then Kori Sensei sent him to um, the JK, JK Academy, right? And, um, you know, for the Instructor's Academy. And then when you uh, finish that as well, uh, back then in Japan, um, when you went to university, you know, if you wanted to come to the U.S., you know, they wouldn't accredit, it, you know, the, the university wasn't really accredited, right, internationally. So he had to come in and, and, and start again at university here. So that he made his way to Hawaii. And then uh, from there, when I was born, I was born into the dojo. But the thing is here, we weren't allowed, you know, kids weren't allowed to actually um, train, you know what I mean? Really? And No, no, not at all. We, we, I think um, the starting age was, I think eight or 10 or something like that at that time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, but I, you know, I would just, you know, follow, 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 follow. And one of the biggest, um, 
And the funniest thing is here, um, you know, my parents got divorced as well, right? So instead of me stopping, my, my stepdad actually, he encouraged me continuing um, my, my karate practice. And here's yeah. the thing. Yeah, so my father and him, you know, they, they really encouraged that, which is great. And so that actually, you know, helped bridge the gap, you know, and um, having a support group like this. You know, mm. just like you coming from a karate family, right? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> I mean that's yeah. one reason why I said that's one reason why we get along so well. Not only do we have the yeah. same birthday, but we were both karate. Oh my babies. gosh. Yeah, it's karate <laughs> that's babies. Right. That's it right there. Yeah. yeah. Grew yeah, up yeah, literally born right. born into the dojo, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And the dojo's the dojo's not really a dojo for me. It's like it's like home, you know. I, I come home obviously, but it's here to put my bags and so forth. But when I go home is when I go to work. Right. You know what I mean? And then I stay there for hours on end, you know, and um, yeah, we, we hit projects there. You know, I, you know, we hit, we hit like uh, trainings there. We, uh, you know, there's a social aspect as well. There's, there's all kinds of things that's happening through the dojo. Yeah. And really the dojo, I remember one of my good friends, um, he's uh, an owner of one of the, um, the, the gi companies. Right. And uh, he goes, you know, his, he's Nikkei like me. So in other words, um, you know, um, his dad is from Japan and he was born here, right? And so he goes, you know, Akira, you know, um, you know Dojo is like a, a community, right? And, and he says, and I said, yeah, you're right. He goes, yeah, you know, back then, you know, if sensei needed some, uh, some work at the Dojo and someone had expertise in that, they would come in and, and help out, you know, and, and, and share the expertise and, people would bring food and, 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 um, you know, it was a community. Right. So given that this, I, I was cool because we we're doing a project with him. Right. And so, um, what happened was when, when I, when I stepped back and when COVID hit, sure enough, man, I always remember dojo is a community, dojo is a community. And that's what I believe in. Right. So the first day COVID hit, we had about four families come in, you know. Oh, sensei, here's here's um here's a baguette. We had an extra baguette. Oh, here's a, a pot of stew. Oh, here's some here's some um you know barbecue that we made. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? Here's yeah. some pastries. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> and so, the start the start of this uh, pandemic, we looked at it and we became very strong within our community. Meaning, um, our parents are no longer our clients. They're an extension of our family, right? And so, you know, we, we, uh, we do the reciprocal that we can, you know, which is freaking awesome. You know, that is awesome thing. This, it, I, could, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like uh, legit, we, we, we had a, the insurance company come in and say, hey, you need to put a handle going down this stairwell. And sure enough, the same exact thing happened. This is a random story, but like, we had someone with that expertise in the dojo already. No problems. Yeah, we'll take care. It's that's just, but it wasn't even a second <laughs> guess. It was immediately they they just volunteered. <laughs> it wasn't like we went out and asked. It was it was, but that that's just the. I think that goes to the relationship in in community and the deeper level than just a client. We're not just fitness. Of course, everybody gets to sweat and everybody feels good after they train. But you're looking at a deeper level of connection through this sport. 
sport. And I think that's why it's, it, it has a different level of, once again, your holistic meaning. Uh, a second, interesting yeah, that, you use, that you use that word fitness, you know what I mean? That, that's a very interesting word, you know, that you used. Why is that? Um, yeah. Well, because in order to improve fitness is you have to change one's lifestyle. that's next level right (laughs) you're looking at talking about layers on layers and this is what this conversation (laughs) is (laughs) that's you know in wow yeah you're talking about yeah just second point to that is you believe it or not i when i was in the dojo we had our first black belt he was like one of our my like childhood role models babysitter whatever first black belt in our dojo right he came back not two years ago right he stopped went to college all these things and right lived the rest of his life not he comes back not two years ago away for over 10 years back to the dojo restarted with both of his kids man shit that just happened to me that just happened to our dojo it's uh, what i'm saying it's <laughs> what Check i'm this, saying uh, one of my my senses one of his uh first black belt batches right so his son comes in and I'm teaching his son and the son quits because he goes to high school. Don't see the guy for a long time. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, right before, right before um, class, we were getting on zoom. Then I get a knock on the door. I look at this guy. I'm like, who the heck is him? Who the heck is he? <laughs> then he has a whole family with him. He goes, you're senpai. And I go, senpai. Hey, what's up? I don't know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Goes, don't you remember me? And I'm like, what? He brings his freaking kids. He marries oh a Japanese. Gosh. He marries a girl from Japan, right? Right. And 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 he brings his kids. And the dad comes over, right? And he visits us and so forth. Freaking just awesome, you know. That's great. It's it's next next level like like experience, you know. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. really is really uh, encompasses not. I mean, we we literally covered the whole spectrum here, and I think that is a perfect example of what makes up karate budo right you talked about the most elite level of competition sport fighting all anything like that and then you could bring it all the way down to hey we're just building family foundations foundations for individuals to make them better people better community organize general health and wellness between the people that are come in every single day you know you know you know one time one time my dad told me he goes you know you know he goes you know he's really you know when he talks to me he's pretty it's pretty rough you know then he goes uh you know uh, back then in Japan, you know, we had nothing. Mm. So what do we have? Budo. We had um, martial arts. Why do you think judo, you know, karate do, aikido, right? Um, yaido. Why do you think all these arts came about? It was because mm. of uh, to to harness our spirit, so we could, you know, withstand and we could uh, be resilient. Right. You know, so yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very, very interesting. Wow, well, very interesting, yeah, yeah. Well, so then let's fast forward past, past you start and everything. I, I mean, for for people that don't know, Co- Coach Akira is badass, man. He was, I mean, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but over the course of your competition spree, right? Pan American Games champion, multi time Pan American champion. Uh, we're talking top five in the world for over, like over the course of five years, minimum, right. All those kinds of things. And, and then, and then eventually after that, not only did, you know, did he take the world by storm, but then now is a U.S. national team coach on right. The highest stage coaching. And like, 
I think a lot of athletes though, they, they don't have the ability to translate what they do into coaching. So what, what then took you into the, the teacher's role? What took you into the coach's role after, after competition? Okay. The funniest thing was this, man. Um, I was, you know, to be honest, I was, I was an athlete for 10 years. Right. And um, which is super, super cool. And then like yeah. anything, you know, life takes a hold of you and you got to grow up. So I, I finished up, I finished up my undergrad and then I, I entered the, um, a graduate program in teaching actually um, to be a teacher, like a school teacher, you know? Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then uh, people were like, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, I figure, you know, you get summers off, you get a lot of vacation <laughs> time, I can still go to the doldrum, right? And then stop right, my own club. Right. Little did I know that um, upon finishing up the program and, and, and everything, um, I, w- I would be doing this full time. Um, so um, during that time, what happened was we were, um, I was studying and so I wasn't competing uh, anymore because I wanted to uh, work on my grad degree and everything. And at that time, a, a friend of mine, um, actually my buddy, he was, um, his uncle was uh, a, a, a judo master, right? Mm. And um, so we looked him up, but he was retired. So he goes, hey, you know, go train with this guy. He went to the Olympics and so forth. Okay, no problems. And, um, you know, I, I did judo and wrestling in high school and, 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 and I wrestled in college also. And then, and then uh, I was like, okay, that's, that sounds good. And then, so we did that. And then a buddy, another buddy of mine, who just came from Brazil, you know, he uh, just opened a dojo, right, at the time. And he was teaching uh, BGJ at the time too. And, um, you know, they're like, asked, what are you doing? Da, 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 da. And I said, you know, I was on total my history and everything. And I'm going to school to be a teacher now. Totally different reactions, huh? Because the Olympic coach, the 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 guy that went to the Olympics and so forth, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 I get it." So you can transfer everything you know to different types of age groups, right? Listen, after my competition and so forth, it was life continues, and I needed to uh, figure mm-hmm. out what I was going to do. Um, I just finished uh, with a degree in um, in kinesiology, and I had some actual offers in. Um, in South America to um, head down over there and start, you know, working um, with different federations, right. Um, with different sports because I, you know, I became bilingual. And so that was really cool. One of the things that I did notice was um, being able to transfer what you know to a different population, whether it's kids, adults, athletes, is something as a skill. It's, it's something, you know, that it doesn't come natural for anyone. And you just can't say like the old coaching trick, do as I do and you'll be successful. You can't do that, right? And so I started my journey on that, learning proper pedagogy um, and, and understanding that pedagogy was a discipline that I had to get better at. In other words, teaching and, and methodology, uh, methodologies and and, and um, you know, different uh, learners and, and et cetera, et cetera. And not, not to mention, my education was in English and I would transfer it over to different languages, you know. That was hard because the culture, the cultural differences. Um, yeah. And then, and then um, you know, I, 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 I took over the dojo. I had a chance to take over the dojo. I had to close my personal dojo down. And then I started working with... Um, the group of junior athletes that I had, 
you know, we were quite successful and it was, but, you know, they, they eventually graduated high school and went on to college and all of them became, you know, like really, really good professionals. And I couldn't ask for anything more, you know? And so, um, you know, the guys like Brian Tang, remember that name? Right. Andrew, oh, yeah. seriously, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Andrea <laughs> yeah that's Roshan, you know, we're talking about, right. you know, we're talking about like, you know, some, some, but they became, you know, one, one's a nurse, the other one's uh, a finance advisor now. And, and, um, you know, and then Evan Chang became a, you know, anesthesiologist, you know. And so, you know, the coaching was always fun. It was fun for me because it was a way to get, give back to um, the community. And so when um, the current, at that time, it was uh, Igaki Sensei. He was um, the head coach. And um, the coaching director was uh, Coach Coach Hill, Coach Toki Hill. And, yeah. um you know, they were looking for an addition. And so they, they talked to me at uh, US Open and Nationals as well. And then I had an opportunity to coach at my first Junior Pan Americans. Um, the great thing is, is, you know, we, we did really well. But more than anything else, you know, at that time, Cameron, at that time, I don't know if you remember it, but um, in the 2008, we're talking 2007, 2006, you know, that time in USA Karate, Kata was not very popular at that time. It was hitting a low. And I'm like, that's not possible because, you know, we had one of the world's, we had the world's best Kata program at one time, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you know, growing up as a Kata athlete, you know, I was a dual athlete as well, but growing up as a Kata athlete, um, you know, and I remember, um, you know, our women's, uh, our women's program was always, 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 you know, in the top three in the world, you know, always mm -hmm. consistently in the top three in the world. We're talking about team sure. kata and individual kata. I looked at that. I'm like, wow, this is great. You know, and as, as a men's, you know, we had like legends, but we're talking like uh, Domingo Llanos, you know, we're talking like, uh, um, you know, Gary Tsutsui, we're talking about Julio Martinez, you know what I mean? Um, you know, they were, they were legit. I mean, world, the top three in the world, you know, and world games, they were, they were meddling, you know, they were, they were, they were awesome. And um, I was looking at it and I looked at, I looked at, I stood back and I looked at everybody, you know, wait a minute. Um, what was missing at that time was a, a, a program like like uh you know during during the mid um mid two thousands you know like um the program of you know kata program that was um a broad spectrum meaning something that was uh, professional but also flexible in their approach you know to adhere to different styles and rule sets as well as different senses and different coaches right. I, I quickly recognized that. And so the first time that I actually started coaching in 2008, um, I had a little bit of experience with um, some of the feedback mechanisms and how to coach kids and how to coach athletes. And by luck, I used it and it was very successful. Okay, it was, it was, it was great. And so after that, I was asked to, um, you know, um, be on the coaching staff 
but my, my role was really mm-hmm. different because I was, I was, uh, you know, I was brought in as a cut coach, but then when um, coach Hill actually took over the program, um, he recognized that um, some of the things I was working on, he's like, what, what, what are you talking, what are you working on? Because I heard some of these um, concepts from the USOC. So how did you get this information? And how, why are you working on this? That was the questions that was brought to me. So I, I quickly said, you know what? Sure. Um, honestly, uh, for my studies at, at university, as well as uh, some of the access that I had with other federations, you know, um, you know, in, 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 in the world, like in, in South America as well. And um, the coolest thing was, he's like, well, I want to see what you're doing. And I want to see how your, um, what your approach is. Uh, anything that you do, please um, you send me the, the actual paperwork as well as the, uh, the lesson plans and the, the concepts and theories. And I did. And then that was the start of the program that we have, you know, um, that we currently use is, um, you know, that, that's what, that was uh, a really, really cool, cool project. Now, how I got to coaching was totally by accident. You know, what made me want to coach and everything <laughs> was, was really by accident. I, I didn't so much, I didn't have an idea that I was going to be a coach. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the idea of the process, you know, um, ha, you know, mastering the process, it wasn't so much mastering the actual, um, you know, winning. It was a process, you know. Mm-hmm. That was what really drew me to to coach. Now, having like uh, different opportunities, work with different athletes and different students, as well as different, um, you know, you know, different populations as well. You know, um, I think coaching is really, really important in, in our day and age. But we have to understand there's a difference between coaching and being a mentor. And being a sensei and being a teacher as well, right? Right. And so yeah, yeah. I yeah. used to think coaching encompasses all, but the more I got into, um, you know, I got an opportunity to really um, expand my coaching abilities because of, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I got, I got, I was fortunate to be um, placed in the um, coaches committee, right, and the chairman of the coaches committee. So when that happened, more accessibility of information started coming through. And then I could cross references with, with uh, things that I learned, you know, from my university studies. And then um, from there, you know, it pushed me to actually enhance my, my abilities as well. So what made me start coaching was the intrigue, intrigueness of learning. I was, curious, I was really curious about the self-betterment. And that led me to be, um, you know, a, a, a sports psychologist as well. So that, that was, it was, it was not because I wanted to become one, you know, it was because, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm working with these elite athletes and the world's best, right. Why is there an excuse for me to be subpar? You know what I mean? So I had to elevate my game, you know, so that's coaching was actually pretty cool in that, in that aspect. And it still is. I, th- I think it's, I, you know? yeah, I think it's completely cool that like it, it, it happens so naturally, you know, within the, I, I personally, even though I've known you yeah. for so long, I didn't know the exact format until I, to how you became a coach. And 
just talking about the the fact of the the continuous progression, the t- continuous endeavor of trying to improve is literally what we do on a daily basis in the sense of Budo, right? That's like a big yes. theme of like, we're, we're going full circle now. Right. And, and just the, just the aspect of what we come into the dojo to do on a daily basis is improving oneself, whether it might be in, in the form of actually, you know, getting physically stronger, faster, this, that, or even just a mental aspect, you know, we, we're, we're going to, we have to save the sports psych combo for a whole nother one because uh, coach Akira here got me on that train as well. So <laughs> that's, that's one of my other passions too, but yeah, you no, spread the word, right? that's you what it is. That's what it is. But you know, and- no, but you know, like you said, you know, the dedication and so forth, this is so true. Like you said, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know who has Budo that we don't, we don't, we often forget about, you know what I mean? Is, you know, I grew up surfing and actually before, you know, before becoming, um, you know, on, before making the national team, I was actually going to start, um, I was going to start competing, um, you know, at the, the pro level and surfing actually. Right, right. At that, that same time. A serious pro and, surfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I was, um, you know, it's, it's that it's it's the ability to wake up in the morning and go in the water for a good eight hours right every day it, it's tough you it's know tough that is tough but if you take that translation and how how youthful these um these athletes are and and how much it's not about the actual results but it's about the process of you getting better you know what i mean yep. and, and being stoked you know that's what's cool about 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 our, our, our lifestyle. That's why yeah, that's why in the, that's what that's, I'm that's I think that that word I, I love it so much, man. It might be so 2008, but like man, the words that's why I put it in my intro. That's why I put it in 2008. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Stoked is freaking all that's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, on that note, I appreciate it. This is gonna wrap up episode one of Believe in the Punch. Coach Akira, my mentor, my coach, my my big bro. I appreciate you coming by and and, and essentially celebrating episode one coming out. I we 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 could go on for hours. That's what it is. So we're gonna have to get back on another episode soon. Yeah. No, honestly, Cam, thanks for the opportunity and so forth. And I'm really proud of you for taking, you know, the first step forward and and um, you know introducing this platform, especially to our community. I wish you the uh, best of success, like you always do, man. And then uh, you always start up with your with your right foot forward, and then end up with your fist. That's it in people's face. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's called believe in the punch, man. That's it, right? There. Awesome. Awesome. Thank brother. you. I appreciate the time. All right. <laughs>Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode one of Believe in the Punch. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, do whatever you need to do to make sure you listen to the next episode. For now, take it easy, keep your hands up, and believe in the punch. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.